Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello and welcome back to the Wolverine Live. I'm John Borton here with Tom Crawford. We've been gone for uh, a couple of Tuesdays now, but uh, back and ready to roll and lots to talk about. Tom Crawford, as you know, East Lansing resident and uh, a, an entrepreneur in many ways. You can see him uh, on Press Pass Sunday nights on Fox 47. You can see see him doing his own videos in his uh, Crawford Podcasting Network. And on Tuesdays, we love to have him here. We love to have him talking about Michigan football, basketball, you name it. Tom, welcome back. Well, it's great to be back. You know, I like this time of year. Uh, you know, the I, it was good to get removal from college football. I, I, I just divorced myself from college football, from, from knowing what's going on in Major League Baseball for the Press Pass show or anything else. And now I'm back. And I'm gearing up. I, I like this time of year. I can still do my summer sports, my water skiing. And then it's just gear up time. We're two weeks away from media days down at Indy where you and I will be there and all the, all the other on three people and tons of others will be there. And then uh, August 1st or thereabouts, camp opens. And um, it's going to be an amazing preseason I of, of sheer anticipation, John. Oh, no doubt about it. I was talking to uh, one of our mutual friends today, one Mr. Douglas Karsh, voice of the, the Wolverines on the radio. And uh, he was, we were talking about various things for an article I've got upcoming, but uh, he said that he had posed the question to Michigan fans, when was the last time that you entered a season with this much confidence and expecting to beat Ohio State. And uh, I, I think the general consensus was it has been a while. Because even last year, you had the, well, but it's in o it's in Columbus. It's, yeah. oh, it's this, it's that. And, uh, you know, this year, that game's at home. Michigan uh, has is just brimming with confidence has got the second-year starting quarterback in J.J. McCarthy loaded on offense, uh, certainly restocked on defense. It's just one of those deals where Michigan fans are, are like, bring this thing on. Let's go. You know, it's funny you ask that question. I was just pondering that the other day about this whole thing about anticipation uh, of this season and expectation that goes with that. And to answer your question, you talk about going back. I got to go back to 1976, okay? Rick Leach entering his, uh, that would be entering his sophomore year. Um, Rob Lido was the senior. They were preseason number one. 
And they were expected to win the national championship. They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Street Smith had Rob Lytle. Rick, or rather maybe Rick Leach was on the cover of Street Smith. The other was on SI. And they went through unscathed. And then they lost that game down at ross State Stadium. Yeah. Jimmy Smith dropped that pass. He dropped the they lost 16-14. Bobby Wood missed a field goal. And, and then they beat Ohio State. Because, they had, you know, we had this expectation, even though they had not beaten Ohio State, um, prior to 1976, they lost in 75, they lost in 74, tied in 73, lost in 72, and they won in 71. So it's been five years. But it was just there, there was that much talent. That team with that offensive line and all the tools and Jimmy Smith and Rob Lytle and that defense, Calvin O'Neill, that team uh, is in you know, is the closest thing to this caliber of this. This team, I think, is above that, though, in sheer depth both sides of the ball, but that's the closest. Right. And what is that? That's almost, what's that? 47 years ago. That's, that's insane. <laughs> and I will give you great credit for having that level of confidence going into even 76 because of the struggles that the Wolverines had had there for a yeah. few years with Ohio state. Yes. But, uh, that was a, that was a prescient uh, feeling that you had. And uh, certainly one that uh, our, our, more mature members of uh, <laughs> Five Club will certainly fondly remember. Yes, everybody is into this thing right now and saying, "Okay, this team is uh, is stacked. It is going to come down to that last game at Ohio or with Ohio State uh, once again in a position to uh, make the make it to Indy, have another shot at a, a third straight." Big Ten championship, it would be a third straight un, uh, undisputed championship, which would be a first, I understand it, for Michigan. Uh, they've had many times where they've had a, uh, a shared title in there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a special season. One thing, you look at that, we've talked about this. We're going to talk a little bit about that Penn State game later in this podcast because of some recent developments prediction wise and then your uh, your referred to trap game against Maryland and then Ohio State in the big house I uh, my my biggest wish uh, meteorologically that day as you know would be for snow again and <laughs> to, uh, just to give the Ohio State fans a little taste of that oh no here we go again yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't care if it is, I don't care if it's rain, snow, sun, whatever, 50 degrees, some crazy November day where it's 50 degrees. And there have been a few of those once in a while. I think Michigan's going to win this game. I know we're going to go down to the schedule. Um, and I saw Ballas's come. I, I saw his run down in the wool on his predictions. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make yeah. a comment about that, but um, man, it's just, it's just fun to do all these scenarios of what if this happens, if they lose this game, will they win this game? Because a lot of times that's the way I think. If they lose this game, that means they're going to win this game. If they win this game, that means they're going to lose this game. That's kind of, that's a weird way analytically to try to surmise what's going to happen in a football schedule. But that's what I do sometimes, you know? And, um, but uh, I, I, I might even go, I might even, you know, show my cards today. What I, I said, I said to you a couple of weeks ago before we took the break that at Big Ten Media Days, I'm going to tell you exactly how the schedule is going to go, in my opinion. And I might even go a little bit early on that. 
There you go. All right. Well, there are a couple of harbingers of the football season uh, uh, from where we come from. And one of them is exactly that, those Big Ten football meetings where you get to talk to all the coaches, players from other teams, uh, all every Big Ten team represented there. And it's going to be certainly interesting as always because you've got the Ohio State Michigan talk you're talking about expansion in the Big 10 next year with uh, USC and UCLA coming in you're talking about certainly something that we're going to touch on here uh not too far into the broadcast with uh with Pat Fitzgerald getting fired lawyering up and uh we'll see what happens from there but there is another harbinger of uh, football season that is very personal to me. And I know that you appreciate as well. And that would be this magazine, the Wolverine football preview, uh, Blake Corum on the cover this year. Now I got to, I got to tell the folks, there's not going to come with uh, ripped up sheets of legal pad uh, in theirs because uh, I'm already hard at work using mine. We're going to reference a couple things in uh, in a few minutes, but Tom, when, when the football preview of the Wolverine hits the mailbox, oh, there's a clean copy. How's that? Megan, super producer, right on it with, uh, with Blake Corum, everybody's all American. And I, Tom, I know that you always anticipate when this hits your uh, doorstep. Okay. So, um, I'm going to do a little, I want to yank your chain here a little bit. So I get a text um, yesterday from Pat Hayes. Hey, Tom, did you get your Wolverine preview? Oh, back? No. And I go, I go, Pat, no, no, I did not get my Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. So I go out. So I route the mailbox today. A mailman comes. It's still not there, but I, I, I'm, I'm not blaming you. I'm not, I'm not blaming on three. You know what I'm going to do? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blame the East Lansing post office. Exactly. Because what they did, I know exactly what happened. Sabotage. there on Abbott Road. I know exactly what happened. That magazine came in and said, everybody's all American, had Blake form. That, that moment went in the junk, you know, so you might as well reset. You might as well just bring one to me to media day because it's not going to get through this postal system here in East Lansing. All right. Well, That's we'll, my- <laughs> we'll take care of you. We know you've been sabotaged. We know that, uh, <laughs> that uh, some postal worker may have used that for target practice. Yes. But, uh, I'm telling you, we will, you will see the Wolverine uh, football preview in your hands. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, this year was in all the years that we've been doing this thing, including 1997, 1997 was kind of like a, uh, a 2021 preview in that, um, Guys on the Wolverines were saying from Charles Woodson on down, I, I know that we have underperformed, <clears throat> but just watch because we're going to have something going this year that we haven't before. And uh, we don't care about all the Michigan uh, M stands for mediocre stuff. <clears throat> and this year has been, probably more confidence than I've heard since then out of a Michigan team. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and actually I think that confidence started a couple of years ago with the whole cultural change that we've talked about countless times um, in this program, when Aiden Hutchinson was entering his, 
<laughs> senior year. Okay. And that media days, I mean, it was, everything was just like different and, and they do have a lot of confidence and they do have a lot of bravado <laughs> that they were always hesitant to, you know, to showcase in the past. And um, so I, I think that stands out to me, but when I think back <laughs> to, to the past Wolverine preview magazines, um, like you're talking about 97, I remember this is what this is. And I'm not trying to, you know, shuffle selfless plug here for, for the Wolverine on three, but I, I just got to say, it. Um, Jack Evelyn and I had started this program, um, this radio program, and we had John Falk on. I think this was like 2001 or 2002. And he kept says, Hey, have you, Tom, have you got your copy of the Wolverine of the Wolf of the preview magazine, or, or was it Go Blue magazine? I don't know what it was called back then. It was Wolverine. Um, and he kept touting that thing. He says, I carry that with me everywhere I go, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think that we had you on the show the next week. And that's how you and I started building a friendship along with Ballas. And uh, I can't say enough about it. It's um, it's something that's, uh, you know, it's on my coffee table down in my man cave uh, throughout the whole season. And, and, I, and I take it with me. I, I'll take it with me to media days. I'll take it with me uh, to the press conference or to not only to the press box for Michigan games, but pretty much it's in my backpack everywhere I go. So kudos to you and your, and all and terrific staff at, at the Wolverine, John. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you talk about John Falk, the iconic equipment man over the years for Michigan. He told me that that copy of the Wolverine football preview stays after he was uh, gone away from Michigan and had officially retired and such. Uh, he said that's right on his TV stand beside <laughs> his uh, Barca lounger and yes. uh, that he would use it for reference. And that, that right there, that said, okay, uh, that's, that's a stamp of approval. I that's remember right, Bill. that's some cred. That's some serious cred there. That's David. some cred. Uh, Don Cannon once told me the, the Wolverine, uh, he, he said, he pointed right at me and said, you guys got it right. And yeah. uh, that meant a lot. John Falk's uh, approval meant a lot. But like I said, this issue is, uh, is one brimming with confidence. We had uh, no less than a half dozen staff members make predictions. We always make staff predictions in the Wolverine. I will tell you right now, I'm not going to identify who is who, but half of our staff predicted Michigan to win the national championship. And the other half were uh, tossing out there like teams, programs that are, it's not unreasonable to say that they could win it, like Alabama, Georgia. Right. But that's kind of where this thing is going. Um, across the board, you're seeing people predicting Michigan to uh, to win the Big Ten championship. You look at, uh, you know, you, you, you look at the um, preseason magazines, uh, whether it be Lindy's and Athlon and Phil Steele. Um, they are uh, two of those three predicting the Wolverines to be number one or no, all three of them rather. Excuse me. All three of them predicting Michigan to uh, to be number one in the Big Ten East. And when you're number one in the Big Ten East, let's face it, you're number one in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you got me, you know, Phil Steele takes he he takes he takes all every every microcosm of that whole 
of, of, of the sport of football, each team and breaks it down. Their interior line gives them all these power rankings and things like that. Bill Steele and just about everybody else are giving huge kudos to Michigan's defense. And that sits at the core with me. That's where this team's going to win a national championship, in my opinion, where that defense is not going to let down Michigan in, the, in those big games. When all of a sudden speed might be another level that they might not be used to earlier in the season or even throughout the Big Ten, uh, signs Ohio State. You know, they're, the, the, this defense is going to be ready uh, speed-wise, I think, and on the edge and then on the interior um, with Chris Jenkins. I, I just think I, I start I start looking at all the moving parts on that defense, uh, and that's when I get excited. What like I did in 1976 with that that 76 defense. It was just the defense is going to keep them in the game. It's going to keep them in the game every game, even when it, you know it's going to keep them in every game. And I think this. This defense is gonna is gonna do that and not have to be bailed out uh, by like the scenario against TCU and JJ. You know, and JJ made some mistakes to put him in that situation. We know that we've broken down that probably broken that game down way too much than they should. But uh, it's a thorn uh, that doesn't want to happen. Regardless, John, if if Michigan wins a national championship or not, I, I always ask myself, what's success? What is a successful season? Um, and, and what's an acceptable season, however you want it, whatever word you want to use. They got to win that first playoff game. That is something. I mean, they got to, I mean, Jim Harbaugh's won one postseason game his first year in, in Michigan, and, and he's offered it ever since. Um, they, you got to get to the title game. You get to the title game, you know, that, that's still a, a really good season. If you fall in the title game, that's still a really good season. But and I, I swear to God, though, anything short of a national championship, it's going to be disappointing to me. It really is. And we have heard multiple Michigan players say that same thing. And that just tells you how the narrative around Schembechler Hall has changed since 2020. It has. Two and four and what is going on here? What is happening? And a, a big part of that narrative change is that after two decades of falling short more often, way more often than not against Ohio State, Michigan got it right. Michigan, for two straight years, has applied the formula that it needed to beat the Buckeyes. And I'm telling you, uh, the confidence that springs from that does it, it just works wonders. And you cannot, Michigan cannot be successful in the Big Ten cannot take the next step uh, in, in the playoffs like you're uh, arguing for now, which makes perfect sense without first taking down the Buckeyes. And yeah. uh, we've got a, let me quote, everybody loves the, uh, the anonymous opposing coach in all these uh, preview magazines. Well, we've got one here that says this about Michigan and its recent actions. It's proof of concept now. That's why they've stepped it up in recruiting. They breed the culture into those guys. It's elitist, but that's built on confidence, and confident teams are consistent. And Michigan is one incredibly confident team right now. And it's not just Michigan players that buy in and coaches that buy in. You are seeing it on a national level where, yes, this is a team that could 
can compete for the whole shot. And uh, it that's a refreshing thing because that takes you and I back to, uh, and many Michigan fans, back to the day when uh, you came into the season knowing Michigan had a shot, had a shot to uh, not only win the Big Ten, but be among the very elite in the nation and, and really take on anybody. You know, one of the one of the biggest barometers for me as far as evaluating how much talent you have back is how much leadership you have back, okay? And, and how much talent with, the, you know, the, that talent leadership combined element. And try to fathom who the captains are going to be on this team. I mean, you, you, could, you could start some kind of a, of a, of a contest or whatever. And, and, and you would get so many different suggestions. I'm talking about both sides of the ball. There there's, there's justifiably, you know, guys on both sides of the ball that could be captains. And I'm, and I'm not just saying they're because they're good players because they've, they've demonstrated good leadership on and off the field, just the way they present themselves. We've seen a ton of these guys in the press room. And it's like, I say to myself, he could be a captain. He could be a captain. You know, just the way they are. Uh, the, the guy right there, number nine. Now, he's only going to be a junior. You know, typically a lot of times it's uh, seniors are your captains. He could be, as, he, he's more viable to be a captain just about anybody. In my mind, J.J. McCarthy is a leader on this team. There's no question about it. And it's always some people think, some coaches think, your quarterback should be your captain. But I just, that shows you how how deep, this, how, the quality of depth this team has, John. And, and that excites me probably more than anything. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is, I mean, arguably and uh, almost inarguably, J.J. Uh, McCarthy's team. He's yeah, it is. The, the guy. He's got to uh, be the source of the swagger, the confidence, the leadership, the playmaking, the balls in his hands on every offensive play. And I, I just think that um, – he would be a very good pick for our captain. I'm going to give you a couple more that I think should definitely be captains on this team. And maybe if you want to throw an, uh, an extra one in there after I, uh, I finish with mine, I will, uh, you know, welcome and embrace that. But I know I'll give you one on each side of the ball. Blake Corum. Oh, uh, no brainer. No brainer. No brainer. Half stop. I mean, mark it down. That's what, I mean, just that's checked off. Yeah. Checked off right now. Away, the mere fact that he came back after uh, yeah. a 400 yeah. yard season and 18 touchdowns and yeah. all the leadership and the the uh, the weight room warrior stuff and and just he is uh, Bo Schembechler would look at him and say he's Michigan, yeah. And that would be uh, uh, enough of a stamp of approval. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, I would be absolutely shocked. If one uh, Mike Sainra still was not a captain on this team for everything that he yep. brought to it, his willingness uh, to switch sides of the football, his willingness to, hey, whatever position you need me to play this year, if you want me to play nickel, I'm there. If you want me to play safety, I'm there. If you need me to play that other cornerback, I'll learn it. I'll be that. That's part of it. The fact that he delivered in one of the biggest moments in uh, that game down in Columbus to uh, 
to flick the ball away at the last possible second from a bigger, uh, much bigger tight end for Ohio State. Right. Saved the touchdown. He delivered in the biggest moments. He showed all the attitude in the world that you want. And I, I just think that um, – that Mike Sandra still would should definitely be among those guys. So, so you hit, well, actually, we hit three non-negotiables in our mind, <laughs> okay? We had J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, and Mikey Sanders still. I mean, although, or maybe, maybe, I, maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe you're not agreeing with me on, on J.J., but I, no, I just – Oh, I, I – okay. I mean, those are three locked in. Those yeah. are three locked in. Yeah, how about a Zach Zinner on offense? And, and, and how about a Chris Jenkins on defense? I mean, you, there's five guys right there. Zach Zenner has been an amazing player, an amazing leader. You watch him in film, his leadership on the offensive line. That one, that one's doggone near no-brainer, you know, non-negotiable. Right. And um, and we've talked about Chris Jenkins and, and it, it, the bloodlines that he has. I mean, just the way he is and, and how – his teammates talk about him and what and how good he is. I mean, I don't know. Let's put eight or ten guys up there. You know, I mean, out here, you know, they. I mean, I know a lot of these teams that are big. Michigan State does it. They have a council, you know, where it's they're kind of like not they're not the captains, but they're in the council. You know, you know, they're still in in a leadership role. And all these guys are there's leaders on. On all levels of the of these, they're sophomore leaders on this team. I get that. Everybody's a leader. I understand that. But I mean, there's just there's so many to choose from. It's it's like you want to get you want to get all these kids the the proper attribution that they richly deserve. Oh yeah. And with Zach Zinter, how can you do better than having a Michigan captain back, who uh, two years ago predicted Michigan's win over Ohio State publicly yes. in the football preview, and last year. Uh, provided a performance that will give that has given every every night since probably so, at least one Ohio State fan nightmares. Uh, yeah. The way he knocked people out of the way and opened the door for Donovan Edwards to. Oh uh, my God, he was that was amazing block, amazing. Ohio Stadium's field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got it all. So uh, they're not lacking leadership. I will say that that's not. They, they got a pretty good uh, chicken coop to go out to uh to to select those and so that's not going to be an issue for Michigan lacking that I will say this before we get into the uh the the coaching narrative stuff around the Big Ten and some of the developments there of late I I I know I've talked about Sane Rastill my interview that I did with him and how he emphasizes all the right things doing it right in the classroom doing it right in how you conduct yourself away from the field, the guys that he has um, encouraged, the the young players, the young football players, how he's told them to, to always do all the right things. But I, I have to say that in doing the interviews for this football preview, there are so many guys that are in, uh, have been very impressive. This was a year where I was more focused on the defensive side of the ball. My colleague, Chris Ballas, was uh, talking to the J.J. McCarthy's in the in the Blake Corums, so you'll see him handling more of the offensive side. But talking to guys like a Braden McGregor, who had that injury in high school yes. and yeah. and worked his way back, and had had a couple of deflections in the Ohio State game, and and seeing the intensity of how he has been told, "Hey, 
there's going to be a next guy. You had Hutchison, you had Ojabo, you had Mike Morris. There's going to be a next guy off the edge for Michigan. And he's, he's, he is intense about the fact of being that guy. And you talk about uh, Chris Jenkins, how he is a motivator for so many guys on this team, how he grew up that way. I had a long, uh, good conversation with uh, with his mom, who told some amazing stories about when he was a kid. Don't miss those in your football preview. But it, it was just like man after man, how, uh, how Will Johnson talked about why Ohio State for him is so personal about how uh, the way the Buckeyes treated him in recruiting uh, when they got to a point where he felt like he was almost an afterthought to them. Sure. You know, and and did not, did not feel like uh, he was as recruited as hard as he thought he should be. It really gives you some insight into uh, where these guys are coming from and the level of motivation that they have to get after it and uh, not even give a thought to letting down in any single game this year. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Braden McGregor. You know, I, I still vividly remember when he verbaled. Now, I remember that video and, and you know, all the um, – um, it was in Harbaugh's office and – I, I'm not trying to think of who, who was all in it. I know Sharon Moore was in there and some others. And everybody was so excited. And um, and then he got hurt, you know, right before his senior year. I was like, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, you got to you you lose your senior year. You you got to work your way back. That's tough sledding. And um, but, man, and then and then, you know, you come in and you kind of disappear your freshman year coming off that injury. And and but this this year, this past with that Ohio State game. Good Lord. He, he came up big in that game. He is going to be another one of those rotation guys. I mean, when you look at that, you look at, you know, we got the front seven obviously going on there. And there's a lot of rotation in that Michigan on the, on the first level and the second level, he's going to be part of that rotation. And you're going to hear his name called a lot this year. And I mean, he looks like a mean dude and he is a great guy off the field. But he's a holy terror on the field. That's that just adds to that depth that Michigan has. Outside. No about it. Yep, no question about it. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm seeing the countdown: 55, 54, 53 days until yeah. Michigan. Yeah. 53 right now. Yeah, three. We're on it, and everybody is. Uh, people are ready to go, and uh, we also uh, certainly have some breaking news in the Big Ten, and we're going to talk about that in one moment. But we do. Before that happens, we do want to take a moment to shout out the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the Wolverine in Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys. We've asked a few on this podcast, but this is an important one. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than that of your wife? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free. It's easy working one of their non-commissioned Expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond. So stop today, guys, and fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S.com. 
Lewis.com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And uh, over in Northwestern, they have been heavily engaged in uh, uh, the kind of headlines you do not want to make. Pat Fitzgerald, one of the um, fixtures among Big Ten coaches in that if you, Tom, if you picked a guy that, okay, he's not going to get fired uh, at any point, it would be Pat Fitzgerald. Why? Uh, very prominent player for them back in the uh, 1990s. Uh, a, a guy that was, is Wildcats football. Uh, a guy that really took Northwestern to the point of, of, uh, being able to compete uh, in the Big Ten and uh, and be right up there, uh, get a share of that championship, you know it's it's almost um, it's almost unthinkable that he would be the guy that uh, that gets fired from Northwestern, but as we see these hazing uh, charges and accusations come out. Uh, first, it was that Pat Fitzgerald was only going to be suspended for two weeks. And then all of a sudden we get the big turnaround and he's gone. Talk about that situation as you've seen it develop and your thoughts about it. We, you, uh, three of us, we got a little texting going, you, me and Ballas. And then, you know, we went back and forth and then Ballas comes up with a Harbaugh-ism, you know, there are no sacred cows, right? I mean, doesn't that say it all? Because you said it, everything about, about Pat Fitzgerald was correct. I mean, when I think of Northwestern, I don't think of Alex Agassi. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, I Or Randy Walker. I, you know, you think of Pat Fitzgerald. You think of that 95 team. And you think of the 17 years of what he's done. Now, granted, you know, it's like we, we, we kind of accepted Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, he's won five bowl games. Heck, a lot more than Harbaugh has recently. Um, and he's, and he's been to big, uh, two big 10, he's won two big, got, got two big 10, uh, bursts, I think. Um, but the thing about the, the thing about Pat Fitzgerald is this, um, and, and this just goes to show about anything. If you, you know, with this particular situation with this legit hazing situation, when you, and when you got 11 players coming out now, it's, 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 and, and, and the details are, are, are disturbing to be quite honest with you. Um, if Pat Fitzgerald didn't know about it, he failed at his job. And if he did know about it, he shouldn't be in the job of responsibility, right? And I mean, he could be up for a civil suit. In you know, and then yeah, I say that. Yet in contrast, now he's hired a high-powered lawyer and he's suing Northwestern, so it's going to get ugly real quick. Um, it's unfortunate in so many ways. I mean, because. When I think of Pat Fitzgerald, I, I go to media, you know, you go to media days and I talk to all those, all the coaches. I just don't focus on Michigan and, and their scrum, um, you know, scrum media groups and things like that that we go through. I'm, I move around and you do too. I know you do. Um, but Fitz is one who, when he talks to you, he really engages with you, you know, and uh, he's just such a likable guy. I feel horrible for it. I feel bad for the kids that are there. I mean, my God, there's going to be 25, 30 transfer portal kids fl fleeing out of there. I don't know what's going to happen. We're sitting here, what, July the 11th, whatever it is. And, you know, camp opens 
August 1st. I mean, uh, the portal's still open. That's the that's almost probably a negative thing. So they can flee. And who you know who are you going to get to coach this team? Because and God forbid it's Shrow Moore because I want to say at Michigan, but also it's not the timing to be successful. No. Um, it's just a bad, bad timing, bad situation. Here they have this multi, multi million dollar boutique stadium renovation where they're going to shrink it to thirty five thousand, make it this incredible uh, fan experience in Evanston, you know, to keep the the number of opposing fans out of there, and you know, make it a more workable size stadium for this small university with a small student body. And you got all this donor money about ready to pour in and all these board meetings come up for approval. And then this happens. Yeah. This is a bad time for Northwestern University. There's no question. About it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dave Mays, obviously looking in with you saying, praying Northwestern doesn't hire Sharon Moore. I mean, on the one hand, uh, Sharon is in a position where he is going to be the sole offensive coordinator for Michigan in a very good position. Loves these guys. has done a great job. He will be a head coach someday. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, if you had a chance to become uh, an into, uh, instant multimillionaire and, and have a Big Ten program, uh, that that's no small thing. Uh, yeah. So we will, I mean, certainly watch that as it develops. But I'll tell you what, um, you you it, it, if you're any sort of a Michigan fan, you would love to see this guy stay in place and uh and maybe uh uh a word to him from you know one of the higher ups that hey you could have a real future here if uh if you stick with this thing well you know i, I look at it this way john i mean and and i'm not trying to here right here, here i say that but this is exactly what i'm doing i'm not trying to put too much focus on this season you know this is the year but it is the year it is the year i mean this is you look at the roster you look at, you know, you look at the level of what Harbaugh has gathered with it. You look at his coaching staff right now and what they bring to the table and what's in sync. And you hear about a recent article about, you know, how Jim Harbaugh has taken his classroom and his practice and merged them together, uh, which my son witnessed when he the, he's a coach at Central and went down to practice. He said, they're, Dad, they're stopping right in the middle of the practice and they're watching film and up on the big screen and they're they're combining it it's a crazy element that is state you know that's state-of-the-art stuff that Harbaugh's come up with this is the place for Sharon to be for one more year okay and then and then all the fruits of all the labor and all that Jim Jim's gonna promote it he said those guys are gonna be head coaches he wants them to be head coaches and they will and Michigan will hire will get more people because they'll have that thing cooking and they'll just get they'll just reload with coaches and reload with great players. No doubt. Uh, circling back to the, the issue at hand with Northwestern, I will back you 100% in saying that the details, which are certainly out there if uh, people want to pursue them about these uh, allegations, are absolutely sickening and disgusting. And I, I'm with you. Uh, bottom line, the head coach is responsible for what goes on in his program. And uh, I, I just think it it would have been hard for him to know absolutely nothing about this. And uh, if he didn't, well, then the, there was a lack of communication that uh, it would be disturbing. Yeah. Uh, 
I will say this. I hearken back to um, to what the great Bruce Motti said to me early in my tenure as uh, editor of the Wolverine. Bruce said, uh, you know, the longtime sports information director at Michigan, he said when other programs encounter issues, whether it be internal play, you know, something with the law, something like that. He said, I'm very hesitant to uh, gleefully dump on that program uh, or to say a lot because amen (laughs) in the, in the world's biggest glass house. Yeah. And these are, uh, they're young guys. Coaches certainly aren't among, you know, they, they should be wiser, older, et cetera, but, uh, you're going to have issues that come up. There's no question about it in every single program that you go to. And, uh, so this is not not a situation where we look at it and you know are uh, are, are dancing on uh, Pat Fitzgerald's grave. As and, and who and who doesn't? Li- I mean, everybody like. I mean, everybody in the Big Ten likes Northwest. I don't know what it is about them. They get even when they were good, and even when they you know they they beat teams and got to Indy and and um, upset teams like fifty four fifty one. We know that one, um, you know, um, even when all that in, in 2000, even when all that happened, you just couldn't get a snarl about Northwestern. I don't know. They don't they don't have that in them that to, to get you to hate them. And um, so, well, you know, if you're counting about Mate, no one's really going to hate on North. Now, if Ohio State did this or if Michigan State did this or, or this happened at one of those two schools and. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, absolutely. You and Marty are right on. Yeah, you got to watch out because that you know, goes around, comes around, and it has, it has come around to Michigan. You know, um, let's be real. And so, um, it's just, a, it's just a bad, it's bad for the Big Ten because um, it's, you know, it's bad PR and it's not, it's a bad reflection on an otherwise good coach. I mean, great guy, no doubt. All right, we're, uh, we're coming down the stretch late in the fourth quarter it's uh it's about time for another long donovan edwards touchdown run uh but it also also time for tom's take which in which he brings uh something that maybe i have overlooked or just something that strikes his fancy that he really wants to talk about tom what have you got (laughs) you talk about being patient okay let's the word of the day is patience uh, I, I, my patience is being stretched. When is Juwan Howard going to complete this roster on this basketball team? You know what I mean? I mean, he's got this uh, this Perez kid out of West Virginia who's a transfer, 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 transfer that potentially could come to Michigan. But, and uh, you know, I, you know, he's still got a couple more scholarships. I mean, do you know something that I don't know? Is, is this going to happen? Or when when's the deadline on this? I mean, you got up right until school starts before you finish out your roster for basketball. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact rule on that, but I'll tell you what. Um, if you're asking me for predictions, <clears throat> I am disinclined to make them as as relates to uh, Michigan's <laughs> roster for all the reasons that you know and know very very well. I mean the you. You're starting. I'm starting to wonder if if Michigan 
basketball is starting to become uh, a little bit like the uh, the old George Steinbrenner New York Yankees in terms of free agency. Uh, yeah. Although uh, I I haven't seen the necessarily the the Reggie Jacksons uh, yet that have appeared. Although they've certainly Juwan Howard has brought in some good players. Uh, yeah. I I agree. I mean you not only. Do you are you left wondering about who fills this thing out and who are the final pieces? But then you've got that entire thing about, um, you know, this is this is not Wisconsin where they've had a, a group of guys together for uh, seemingly six or seven years that have played together. You're throwing these guys together in and saying, OK, get to know each other very quickly exactly same page very quickly and we're going to turn out a, a really good basketball team yeah yeah and there and there's jose perez who i guess has california gonzaga oregon some other schools and so you, you know you take it for what it's worth this all when bob huggins resigned he was he left west virginia but he had transferred he's got a long transfer list it's jose perez but he seems like a good player but and Olivier Kamwa is is coming to me, that the Tennessee kid who I didn't think was going now he is coming. So I mean I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be decent, but but you know that they're they're still they're still missing pieces. And I I'm still we haven't talked since the NBA draft, and I'm still recovering from the idea that Michigan not only had Hunter Dickinson who was a good player and goes on to play in Kansas and playing for a prominent role, but they had two top 15 draft picks yeah. and they didn't make the NCAA tournament. And I must've heard that comment over and over and over. Like, how does this happen? You had Hunter Dickinson and you have these two NBA picks and they're top 15. Um, it's a big year for Juwan Howard. Right. But that speaks to the fact that you can have talent and certainly the NBA drafts on potential and you have talent, you had talent, but did you have at all times a cohesive team where that talent came together to assert itself? And I, I would give you a strong no there. And so we're going to, we're going to see how the talent that is, is left over, how the talent that's being brought in uh, coalesces as a team. And uh, that's going to really tell the story of the 2023-24 Michigan Wolverines on the basketball court. Tom Crawford, uh, great job as always. Always good to uh, sit for these sessions and, uh, and talk about Michigan football, Michigan basketball. We will be doing this very soon, uh, talking about uh, Indianapolis and what all the football players, coaches, etc., have to say. Uh, in the meantime... I appreciate you and uh, just say we will see you next Tuesday in this same venue. Always a pleasure, JB. Looking forward to it. We're back on a roll. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.